Hey y'all, I'm Tara Lynn, and this is Real Talk with T. Welcome back to my podcast. Today we are going into part two of the therapist Q&A. So the first part of these questions are going to be kind of a continuation of all you need to know about therapy from a therapist. Then the second part of this Q&A is going to be just questions directed actually towards me um, as being a therapist. So like, what would you want to know from your therapist? Uh, So the first question I'm going to answer is, what do goals look like in therapy? So obviously, this is specific to, one, your struggle, so what you walk into therapy with, but also the lens in which your therapist sees change. So like I kind of discussed in the last podcast was every therapist uses a different kind of mechanism to produce change in your life, right? So a different theory, a different model, different interventions, a different way of looking at your problem and finding solutions to that problem. So therefore, your goals are going to look different based on the therapist that you choose. However, they're also going to look a lot like the opposite of your struggle, right? So we want to get you to a place where your goal is something that diminishes the symptoms in which you come into therapy with. So say your goal or say your struggle is I can't go to sleep at night because my anxiety is too high, right? So your goal would look something like uh, my goal is to go to bed by nine o'clock every night for the next three months because my anxiety will be reduced and I'll be able to go to sleep, right? So your goal is just to be be able to go to bed at a certain time and a certain amount of time because that would mean that your anxiety has been reduced, therefore you're able to go to bed. So that means that therapy is working. Whatever you're doing in therapy is now being achieved in your daily life. Okay, so that's what goals in therapy would look like. And also those goals are, again, going to depend on the way that your therapist sees change, right? And also how you work, right? If it's not attainable for you to go to sleep by at nine o'clock every night, then that wouldn't be your goal. So goals are specific to your struggle and also specific to how your therapist sees change. Second question I'm going to answer is, how do you know if you're making progress in therapy? So this is also, you know, in correlation to goal making, but Typically, when you walk into any therapist's office, the first intake session, you will do some sort of assessment, if not before you even walk into that session. So um, your therapist is likely to make you, you know, answer questions that look like on a scale of one to 10, what are you, right? Or how often is this happening for you? Or do you have any symptoms of this? Have you ever been a victim of this, right? So we can get an idea before you even walk into the room, kind of where we're going to go. What what questions are we going to ask? What direction are we going to go as a therapist? And then from there, normally in three months or 90 days, we do an assessment again to see if there's any change in the assessment. And even some therapists will do an assessment after every therapy session or even a check-in like, hey, how was session today? What do you feel like we achieved? What is one word that you feel is different from when you walked into session to when you left session. Um, Sometimes that'll be a paper assessment and sometimes that'll be just a verbal assessment. So you also know you're making progress in therapy if your goals are being achieved, right? So if your goal was 
in three months to have this accomplished, then if that's not being accomplished or even being kind of accomplished, right? Like you're not even making progress toward that towards that goal or you haven't made any type of improvement, then we want to reevaluate what we're doing in therapy and we want to have a conversation with our therapist. Hey, my goal was to have this by this time and I feel like I'm not making that goal. And even saying like, I don't know if it's you or if it's me or if it's just the way we're, what we're doing, right, is, is being able to have a conversation with your therapist about you not achieving the goals that you set forth when you began therapy. So on that note is a couple questions that I kind of answered in the previous Q&A, but um, how do you pick the right therapist and then how do you know if your therapist is taking advantage of you? So the first question is, you won't know a therapist is technically right for you until you try. So I always tell people, give your therapist three shots, right? If after three shots, they're not working for you, then it's probably it's probably a good indicator that this isn't going to work, right? You aren't going to actually achieve the goals that you set forth. So um, don't keep wasting your time or your money. On the flip side of that is, what if you really like your therapist? What if it's a good fit, right? What if it's, you feel like it's working, it's doing great, um, but you feel like for some reason your therapist wants you to come in twice a week or you're feeling like, you know, there's, we're doing too much or, or even like your therapist won't let you terminate sessions. Um, that's when you know probably that your therapist is taking advantage of you, of your time and your money. So, Again, also, if you're not making progress in therapy and your therapist um, insists on you staying, advocate for yourself because it's likely that your therapist isn't there for the right reasons. And I just want to kind of put this disclaimer out there is that not all therapists are perfect. Not all therapists are created equal. So you are going to have a therapist. Sorry, let me rephrase that. You might have a therapist who isn't in the industry for the right reasons and unfortunately hurts you or the process. Um, I'm not saying that this will happen, but I'm just saying that, right, nobody is perfect. We're all broken people. Um, We live in a broken world. And to say that this will never happen just because they're a professional um, would be a lie from a professional. So... Again, we're not perfect, but we do have a lot of skill. We are highly educated and highly trained. Therapists go through so much just to get licensed. And then from there, we actually have continuing education, which allows us to stay up to date with all things therapy. So we're never going a year without learning more about the human and how our theories of therapy work to help human beings in their mental health and their trauma and all things that might that you guys might struggle with or we might struggle with right so I just think it's really important to do your research and advocate for yourself when going to therapy so the next questions are going to be about me and me as specifically as a therapist Um, some of these (laughs) questions are actually pretty funny And so um, I thought it would be cool to answer. So the first question is, what interested me in becoming a therapist? So this is a kind of a funny question, and this might sound like a very cliche answer. However, I just kind of knew. 
I was always kind of like the therapist in my group of friends. I was always helping people. It seemed like I didn't have to go through a bunch of struggle to know the answers to the questions that my friends had. Like, I didn't have to go through all the boyfriend drama to know, like, this is how you should talk to them and this is what you should say and this is how you should, like, be in a relationship. And it was always kind of weird to me because I'm like, I haven't been through anything and for some reason I know the answers to all these things. So it just kind of came natural and... Yeah, I don't have any extravagant, like, testimony or, like, oh, no, this happened to me in my life and now I want to help people. Um, It was just kind of, like, innate in me. And I honestly find that pretty cool. Like, I feel truly like God has given me a gift and he told me to use it. And so now here I am, you know. And so I think that's pretty cool that I've been given a skill, a specific set of skills, and God was like... You don't have to have gone through anything, but here's the wisdom and the discernment and the understanding and the knowledge to do what you need to do to be the best therapist you can be. So I think that's pretty rad. The next question I got was, do I ever get tired of hearing people complain? And if I said no, I would be a liar. However... I don't think that people strictly come into therapy to complain. I think they come in with real life stuff that needs real life healing and recovery. So I don't take it as like, wow, they're complaining and they never stop complaining. I look at it more as, okay, they've talked about this topic a lot and there seems to be no growth or no development in this area. So At what point as a therapist do I get really honest and really real with this client about their continuation of this same thing without doing anything about it, right? So I think it's really important to use skill, your therapeutic relationship, and your understanding of this client to have this conversation and move forward in your therapeutic process. So yes, sometimes I do get tired of hearing people complain, quote unquote, but I think that that's, it would be wrong of me to say that I don't because I think sometimes it actually is a good indicator that something is going on in this therapeutic um, relationship and that it needs to be um, figured out and dealt with so that way we can progress in therapy. All right, there's two more questions to answer. Um, Next one is, what's my favorite thing about therapy? So, (laughs) um, I would say my favorite thing about therapy is, sounds so cliche, but honestly, the success of my clients. Like, nothing makes me more proud of being a therapist than seeing my clients succeed. And sometimes it's small victories, but I've seen also huge ones. And so it's just really, really cool and an honoring kind of experience to see your clients really utilize therapy for all that it's worth and really utilize me, right, as a resource and as a human being and as a trusted person to just thrive in their life. And It sounds so lame, but it's so true. Like, I don't do this for money. I don't do this for fame. I don't do this for 
and LMFT, you know, letters after my name, I do it truly because the joy of a client leaving a session, feeling like there's hope, there's restoration in their life, and that they can overcome something they've battled with for a very long time, there's nothing like it. There is truly nothing like it. And I won't ever stop doing this work, even if that means, you know, taking a pay cut here or or having to switch jobs there. But I always find, even my goal is to own my own therapeutic office, but I don't ever think I'll stop doing therapy even if I own it. Because I think there's just so much more gratification out of raising other therapists up to do it, but also doing it myself. So... Yeah, that's my favorite thing about therapy is really seeing people succeed, come in feeling one way and leaving a completely different way. Uh, And the last question is near and dear to my heart because I think this is something that as a therapist leaving grad school, I always thought, I wish people knew this about therapy or I wish people knew that about therapy or I wish there wasn't so much stigma or some so much, you know, baggage on either becoming a therapist or going to therapy. And so there's a couple things that I wish people knew about therapy. And the first thing is that therapy is a process. It's not instant. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be a lot of work and sometimes it's going to be more painful than good. And that's the reality of therapy is that sometimes you're going to leave session feeling like crap. You're going to wish that you never went. You're going to not want to go back. But I think that's when you know that you're actually changing, that you're actually growing, that things are actually being healed. I always think about it like this, like sometimes we have to do surgery and the surgery can be really painful and the healing process can even be painful. But at the end of it, you've become restored because of the surgery that you did, right? There's recovery that's happening because of the surgery and so I think people I I just wish people knew that it was more of a process and sometimes it was going to be more hurtful during but then that you were going to come out on the other side so much better than you did when you walked in the second thing I wish people knew about therapy is that we do a lot of work but we don't do more of the work than what you're willing to put in So like we're taught in grad school that we don't work harder than our clients and we take that very seriously. So just know that when you walk into therapy, that it is going to be hard work, that it isn't just I talk to my therapist for an hour, I leave and then I don't do anything for six more days and then I go see her again or him again, right? It's actually going to take some effort and doing the work outside of the one hour that you see your therapist. The last thing I wish that people knew about therapy is really that as therapists, well, more like what I wish people knew about therapists is that there's so much work that goes into it. We go to school, we become in debt, we work our butts off, we we get all these hours to become licensed professionals because of what we believe in. We believe in healing. I think my frustration is coming from like people projecting this idea on social media that they can heal people just based on life experience alone. And yes, life experience is amazing, but there's things I know about that I've never walked through 
but I can help people heal from them. And I just think that sometimes it takes a lot of education, a lot of training to get to that point. And I wish that people knew that therapists, counselors, psychologists, social workers, we all go through a series of training to get to where we're going. And we're not just there to steal your money. You know, there's actually a lot more money that's probably poured out of us than there is bringing in for most of our career. There's a lot that we have to do, a lot that we have to pour out before we ever get it in return. And so I just say that because I want my listeners to really start to dive deep and think about like, I'm not going to get my healing from an Instagram photo like that has a bunch of words on it. You know, I'm not going to get my healing from a life coach that preaches that they had this spiritual awakening and now they are healers. Like maybe you could, but you also could probably get a lot of healing by just going to therapy consistently for six months and do the work, do the hard work that it takes and then, you know, come out on top. Maybe that was a rant. Maybe it wasn't. But I feel like people need to know that these Instagram influencers that don't have any letters after their name that they're not all they're cracked up to be and don't spend $150 on a session or $300 a month on people who aren't really educated. And so again, just do your research. And I just wish more people knew that therapists aren't here to one, take your money and to two, that we don't have all this education like we do. And we have to continue to get it throughout our licensure. We're not like humans are ever changing. What makes us think that we can just get a degree and move on? Like it's one of the only professions where you have to continuously get education because humans are always developing right? We're always changing. And so if we're not on top of our game, we can't do the work that we've been taught how to do. It just won't work. It's not like timeless, you know, it's ever changing with the times. All right. Well, I feel like that was long enough and that answered all of your questions. So I will leave you at that. Again, this has been Real Talk with T. Thank y'all for listening and I'll catch you in the next Q&A, which I think is going to be about relationships.